Hey everybody, welcome back to the Scott Stedman Podcast. Uh, again, this is a series that I'm doing with my congregation and with anybody who wants to participate as we learn how to exercise our faith uh, going through the spiritual disciplines. So today we're going to be talking about the topic of prayer and to uh, to uh, help me discuss uh, the discipline of prayer, uh, I have Sarah Locke with me. So Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, Sarah, go ahead and give me a little bit of information. Let the uh, audience know who you are, kind of where you're at, and some other information about you. Sure. Uh, so I am I'm Sarah Locke. I'm an ordained elder in the United Methodist uh, Church, and I currently serve in Chesapeake, Virginia, a um, mid-sized congregation called Hickory, and um, I'm in my t- finishing my 10th year of ministry, which is uh, great. <laughs> makes me start to feel old but um and my husband and I uh we have five kids and one of which we've adopted and four biological and so mid um corona tide as we're calling it in our house like it's a little bit crazy um but yeah yeah so that's who I am all right thank you Sarah and I know Sarah because she was a, a former pastor here in Stanton and got to meet her and Joseph and her kids uh, from our time in Stanton. So it's glad to see you and talk to you again. Um, so today we're talking about prayer. So how does, so what is prayer exactly? How would you describe prayer to somebody? Um, well, I, you know, I talked to my kids about this. It's really simply just to me, our conversation with God, um, a way in which we kind of focus our mind to have that relationship, right? Like, and then I think it's two way. I try to Right now, my children understand that to be a one way, you know, we say our prayers at night and we go to bed, but um, I think over time it becomes a two way conversation um, where God then also speaks to me uh, and works on me. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. And I mean, I guess I would, I would, I would just kind of describe it the same way, you know, it's a conversation with God and, and I, and it's interesting you say it's not a one way street, it's two ways, you know, mm-hmm. there's the there's the giving up our prayers, but then there's also the listening in the response mm-hmm. time. And I yeah. think a lot of times, especially when I was new to my faith, it was always about Jesus, 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 this, Jesus, mm-hmm. that. And it was never, I'm going to sit and listen to what God is responding to me. So mm-hmm. I guess, you know, with that being said, how does one in that time of prayer, what does it look like to sit and wait for God's response? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I think, you know, probably up until a couple of years ago, I would have said, it's just, uh, that voice that happens through your day, you know, like that, I don't mean an audible voice, but you know, you're conscious that speaks and you hear God that way. Um, but I think as I'm maturing in my prayer life, um, it looks more like having intentional quiet time. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, now I, I typically will have minimum of 10 minutes, but sometimes, um, 30 minutes, I'll just set a timer and have quiet and, you know, like focus on my breath and then just listen and, uh, just to calm your inside thoughts, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, opens up space for God to speak, or at least for God's peace, just to kind of reign in, in, in the space. Um, and so I think the listening, we really do have to open up space in our lives for that. Because otherwise, I, I mean, I'm an extrovert. I'll talk all day long um, to God or anybody or the wall or my computer or whatever. And uh, I have to create that space. Yeah, yeah. Very good, Sarah. And, you know, even even with 
us this uh, talking about meditation, like me and Ryan, my buddy Ryan talked about meditation. And even before we even go into meditation or even like Lectio Divina, meditating on God's word, you know, there's that time where you just have to sit and contemplate everything. I think that's like the fourth R is just um, reflect. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times that's always the tricky part because you're just sitting there. And I think even especially not especially now because everything's kind of on standstill now in our world today, but you know, you think about our busy culture and even in stillness, your mind is still Mm -hmm. trained or conditioned to move a hundred miles a minute. And I know a lot of times when I would talk to people about prayer, they say it's hard for them to even get settled to do that because it's hard for them to get all the stuff in their mind or even when they feel like it's quiet and then they start going into a moment of prayer it's like stuff keeps popping back up. Like, Oh, what did I pay this bill? You know, there's a lot of stuff. So, so how do, so I guess in your experience, how do you navigate the pop-up thoughts and how do you clear that out of your mind? So you can really focus on hearing God's voice. Um, I uh, have encouraged people and I do this sometimes if I can't settle my, like I write it down, you know, have a piece of paper next to you and start writing those things down and then let them go, you know, um, because I think they keep coming back because it's something in your, your memory, that you, you know, uh, our brains are made so that they will recall things. And if we, if we put them down, then we have it and we don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, I, I think some of it too is I've, I've used some people call breath prayers. So you can come back to a centering place. So when you start kind of spinning off (laughs) into your grocery list or whatever it is, um, you come back to, you know, just like a one sentence, like um, a Psalm, like be still and know that I'm God. Mm -hmm. And you can say that a couple of times and then, you know, try again. And I think that the thing is we get better at it, the more we do it. Um, And I think a lot of us do it once or twice and we think I can't do that. So we quit. Um, Because, you know, a lot of people are perfectionists. I can be that way. And if I don't get it right, I don't want to do it. Um, and so it just really is practice, you know, persistence, right, um, is, is key in that. Yeah, persistence. So, I mean, you talked about breath prayers and like, you know, and I think even throughout history, there's always been different types of of prayers that people have mm-hmm. practiced. So from your, um, just from your life growing up in the church and your maturity and prayer to even just maybe even tradition within like the Methodist church, what are some different kinds of prayers uh, that you practice uh, praying or that you have seen people practice praying? Okay. Well, I mean, I think you can start with like the typical prayers of the church um, using, you know, the Lord's prayer as a place of starting. I think we learn that in the Methodist tradition, we learn it like in third grade, <laughs> you know, pretty early on. Um and, you know, that's important. I think prayers of the people is something that we do sometimes in church where, you know, you have like a, a, uh, like a topic and mm-hmm. then, you know, people pray together that way. And that's, that's good. I, I don't think, honestly, I um, learned to pray well. I probably am still learning to pray well. Um, and maybe that was just the result of my local congregation. I, you know, I don't know. Um, I certainly know prayer warriors and um, I'm probably not the most patient of people. And so it's, it's taken time to do that. Um, I always kind of thought of prayer as what you do at the beginning of youth group and the end of youth group or what you do when you sit down at the meal. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But prayer really 
like I think for a, a, a relationship to go Christ has to be daily. So some of the practices I do now, um, I, I'm doing a during Corona Tad is what our family's calling it. Um, uh, I'm doing a morning prayer. I'm looking for the book um, with my congregation every morning at eight o'clock. We pop on Facebook and do this um, uh, pretty ritualized prayer. I'm using um, Shane Claiborne's Common Prayer. Oh, okay. For Ordinary Radicals. And what I love about this, uh, and we're getting ready to switch to one called This Day, the Wesleyan Way of Prayer. But um, is it gives kind of a pattern. So uh, we read a psalm, we read a scripture, there's kind of a refrain we sing. Um, and and so, and then we have a time of prayer that we end with the Lord's Prayer. And um, and, and our congregation is a breakthrough prayer, which I can talk about too. But um, I like using a resource like that because it leads me places I wouldn't go myself. Um, like today's topic we read from First Peter about submitting to the governing authorities. Mm-hmm. And um, I would, you know, so it gave us an opportunity to pray for our leaders and to pray that we can hear what they have to say, even when we don't like it. Um, huh. You know, so, so I, I, I like using kind of a resource in my devotional life myself. I don't see it. Oh, here it is. I really like this little book. Um, it's worn out, but it's a guide for ministers and other servants. And it has a daily, a daily thing and a little place to like reflections daily. Mm. So that's kind of been my practice. Um, but our church has been studying something. Um, I, I don't know. Sue Nielsen, Sue Nielsen Kibbe wrote a book called Ultimate Reliance. And we've been talking about breakthrough prayer and um, using scripture and asking God to kind of break into our situation where we are right now and asking God to break into our church to do something new in it. And so we went through a couple of those this January. Um, my favorite is uh, from Psalms, uh, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. So when we feel like we can't do something, uh, we ask God to lift us, you know, let God do it through us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've actually written a breakthrough prayer as a congregation that we're praying daily. Uh, so those little touch points, I think, um, are important as well. Yeah. And 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 you, you brought up a good point about, um, you know, the reason why you like prayer books or certain resources because mm-hmm. they take you places that you probably wouldn't go yourself mm-hmm. or maybe there's certain things to pray for that you probably wouldn't think about because at least I know sometimes in my prayer life I can get very comfortable praying the same things over mm-hmm. and over and over again and, and yeah. I mean it's almost like you you know like prayer was something you did before and uh after youth group and what you did before meals and I even find myself like when I pray for my meal it's like it's the same prayer mm-hmm. and um and I think that kind of in a way kind of answers my next question is that there's a time where I have met with youth or even like, especially with my son now where they will pray, but then they get to a position in their prayer life where they feel like they're stuck or they feel Mm -hmm. like their prayer life has become stagnant and they need something to be revitalized. And especially with my son, I can remember coming home from preschool and every time he wanted to pray for meals and he'd always pray whatever prayer he learned in preschool or something. Mm-hmm. I think one time he was in a kick where he's singing a Johnny Appleseed song as his <laughs> prayer. Uh, oh, the Lord is good for me. <laughs> so he would, but then like, I think recently I'd asked them, 
Peter, would you like to pray? And he would just stare at me and he wouldn't want to, where he used to do it all the time. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of it might be because he doesn't know. He probably thinks the prayers he learned in preschool are baby prayers. And now, but I don't know, but he doesn't know what's the next thing. Mm -hmm. You know, there's dad's prayer. There's preschool prayer. I'm a kindergarten. What's my prayer that I pray? Um, so I guess, and I think even as adults, we can get to that point where we're very stagnant in our prayer life, where it becomes very shallow sometimes, or it becomes repetitive that we're not really connecting. We're just kind of rehearsing. So how would yeah. you, if, if so like if one of your church members came to you and said, hey, I'm really struggling with my prayer life. I feel like it's being, is very stagnant. What, what do I do? How do I break out of this? Well, I, well, let me start with my kids because I felt the same way with my kids. Um, my oldest, Jed, is nine and, and his brother, Charlie, seven. And they, um, we have said bedtime prayers for very long. I don't know when we started. And we have a pattern to it. You know, we've made up our own pattern and they kind of know the script. And they go through seasons where they want to shorten it and then seasons where they're okay with like thinking of people to pray for. And um like there was a season where we knew a couple of people who had lost spouses. And so they wanted every night to pray for Miss Betty uh, and Anna Pat. And, and, um, and probably after about six months, I was like, Hey guys, like we can keep praying for them, but like we should pray for other people too, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? So like helping them understand that their prayer time was really God wanting to hear their voice and um, wanting them, you know, so I, we, we helped them with that, that like, this isn't just um, something we do because we have to, like we check it off a list. It's because we, we really do want to think about others and we want to, to connect with God. Um, and I think if, if, you know, when church folks want to talk about prayer, I think I am probably first and foremost um, a resource person to say like, if let's try a different resource, like what are you doing? Um, and I think what I find a lot of times is that folks um, maybe don't have a time of prayer that they take every day, that they're just kind of doing it when they think about it. And so I encourage folks, like if it's in the morning, if it's in the evening, whatever works for you, um, carve out a time um, that you're going to dedicate to that, you know, even if you start once or twice a week instead of every day. Um, but that's a place to start. And then I will typically say, okay, well, let's, let's, what are you using? What are you not, you know, use it just you? Well, why don't you try a book or why don't you try this study or devotional, even like the upper room or the day, our daily bread can be great places to start. Hmm. Yeah, good, good. And I've, and I've also kind of think, think about, you know, when people are having that time of prayer, sometimes I'll ask them like, well, you know, look at, you know, kind of like look at the prayers of the Bible and the sign, mm-hmm. especially when you go to the Psalms, you know, why don't yeah. you read through the Psalms and kind of convert that to a prayer. Um, yeah. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes that's always been helpful for them. And again, resources, other books. Um, mm-hmm. And even sometimes I say, you know, well, why don't you try getting out of your comfort zone? You know, mm-hmm. I think for me, like if I'm used to being in a certain place and praying, I think there's a luxury to that. But what if I'm able to go take a walk mm-hmm. out in nature and then pray while I'm walking and then just kind of, and even especially with the prayer walks I've been doing around here, you know, there's times where I could be walking and, you know, it's like, okay, pray for the police as I walk by the police station mm-hmm. and everything else. But then there'd be people who'd be walking by and, you know, I'll, 
and then sometimes if I feel led, I'll ask them, hey, is there anything I can pray for you for? But other times, if I'm walking by, you know, I'll just say, Lord, you know, bless that individual, bless that person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I even think of the, t- and I think sometimes getting out of your comfort zone, that gives you a way to not only how God's blessing you through prayer and building that relationship, but how you're able to bless others. And I think it was probably two years ago, or maybe it was just last year, I think it was 2019 in February, I remember being in the Stonewall Jackson parking garage and there was a homeless man there and I sat and prayed with him for 15 minutes and not only did I pray for him but then he as I was ready to let go of his hands he squeezed my hands hard and he was praying for me and I'm like whoa this is and I mean tears are flowing from my face I'm like whoa this is great like whoa this is definitely a spiritual experience here um Mm -hmm. so I think that's always something that's great um I think maybe the other thing that I think maybe people kind of get hung up on is how do you start off approaching prayer? Um, you know, it's almost like, do I have to say the right words? Is there a certain formula? And I mean, I, I can remember being when I were in the years of working in summer camps, I remember there was a kid, his name was Luke. And when he started off praying, he'd just be like, Hey God, it's Luke. How you doing, man? And I'm thinking, and all the kids are laughing. I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, I've never heard (laughs) anyone pray like that. But to me, I almost feel like that was more of kind of a personal relationship Mm -hmm. as a connection, just saying, Hey God, what's happening? Like, you know, God, Hey, it's me. What's going on. Then, you know, you get down, you bow your head, you fold your hands, you're like, dear heavenly father. And it's almost like this formal. And then it was like formal versus informal. So is there a certain way to pray? Is there a certain way to start off prayer? How does one who may be struggling with that aspect of how do I dive into prayer? Like, how do you navigate those type of questions or those type of uh, hesitations when it comes to prayer? I think, um, I think a lot of people fear praying out loud. So that's where that comes from. But I think um, the only rules I kind of have for myself is one, I'm Sarah. I try to tell, I tell, I try to be honest with God. I know that sounds that like, that sounds silly to us because we know God knows everything and God knows our heart and he knows our thoughts, but like we can very easily not be honest with God and not be honest with ourselves. Right. So um, I try to be Sarah <laughs> in front of God. Uh, and then I always start with Thanksgivings because um I think sometimes we can get into a place with our prayer life where we kind of view God as Santa Claus, who we can just ask all these things, these things from, Mm -hmm. um, and it's not, you know, like we need to see where God has already blessed us. Um, and you know, whether it's giving thanks for the birds I heard sing this morning or giving thanks that I had coffee in my coffee cup or whatever (laughs) it may be, like start with the places where we can give thanks. So that's, that's kind of the only rule I follow um, in that way. But I think when it comes like to praying out loud, people get really worried about sounding stupid, mm-hmm. um, or sounding like they don't know what they're doing or, um, cause I know we're not supposed to say the word stupid, but that's, you know, how I feel. So, um, <laughs> it, you know, I, I think people worry about that or, or, you know, and, and I want to say, I know it's not that simple, but I want to say is like, God doesn't care um, how our words come out. He just, it's the intent of our heart. Right. Um, and so, you know, trying to help people with that. I have a lady in my Bible study now that prays like you're Luke, like, uh, Miss Sini's, uh, um, probably my mom's age in her sixties. And she goes, just goes, 
hey, God, it's me, Sini again. I know you're tired of hearing from me. <laughs> you know, she says that every time. And I, you know, I just, uh, I laugh and I, you know, we talk about how God never gets tired of hearing from us, but she's like, no, I really think he probably is, but I'm going to keep praying anyway. <laughs> yeah. And, and you bring up a good, and you bring up a good point about honesty, honesty mm-hmm. with God in prayer. And I think a lot of times when you, and I think even sometimes, even like as pastors, when we do uh, corporate prayer in front of a whole congregation, you know, prayer kind of becomes very formal and it's almost like very at least i mean maybe this is more me being honest about myself i feel like sometimes it becomes very repetitive and to the point where it's now becomes a part of presentation then it becomes more on prayer because again you're praying in front of everybody and you're and whether it is whether it's to start the service to close the service or praying for people's requests it's almost like this big thing and i can remember and maybe you might laugh at this but i remember um when i graduated bible school the seminary students were up there and whoever was the um valedictorian of the seminary they would pray before everyone got their diplomas and he prayed this big, it seemed like it was 20 minutes, like a 20 minute long prayer. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, and, and I'm planning on thinking about where I'm going to go to seminary. And I thought, man, I'm not going to go to seminary there. Cause all it seems they teach you is how to pray long, boring prayers. <laughs> and I was just like, I love it. Yeah. And I'm like, I mean, it's like, I don't want to sit there and like, here's how you need to pray. And you need to mm-hmm. pray like this and voice yeah. inflection. And it's like, it just seems so, um, I mean, I'm sure the guy was genuine to him, but to me, it kind of came off as, mm-hmm. why am I making a presentation on prayer if it's something that's something supposed to be personal? You know, yeah. I think about when you, I think about Jesus and paraphrasing here, you know, when you talk to God, you know, don't do it like the Pharisees in front of everybody, you know, go into your room with the door shut, do it in private. Uh, so I know there's always been a struggle with me just between corporate prayer and private prayer, as it seems like. They kind of butt heads sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But I think the honesty with God is very important because even like like the lady in your Bible study goes, oh, I, well, God's probably sick of hearing from me. At least there's honesty in that, but I'm going to keep praying anyway. And I think a lot mm-hmm. of times we can get too caught up in how to pray and what we pray for. And am I asking too much or am I listening too little? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, just be honest, you know, even, even to the point of moving into confession, you know, Lord. You know, I'm coming to you. I'm sorry. I keep asking you for stuff, and Lord, and I know I'm impatient. Lord, please help me be able to listen to you more. Help me to not be so distracted. I think even with honesty, even in our own shortcomings in our prayer life, or even with our walk with the Lord, I think that's vital to having a good prayer life. It's like, it's, um, I forget what my my dad said. He said, sometimes you have to go through the rough parts to be able to see the strength and everything. I think in the same way, if we're honest and we're humble in prayer, even with our shortcomings, then I think that's the type of prayers that God's answers and blesses as he's able to increase us and bring us into his fold as we build a more genuine, strong relationship with him. Um, so that's just some thoughts about kind of my thoughts on prayer and honesty and prayer. Yeah, um, you, right. you talked about prayer and worship. And I think there's this, uh, it's so funny. I, in my first Sunday ever, I was an associate pastor after seminary and I wrote out my prayer, you know, like I was leading pastoral prayer and I wrote it out and I read like, you know, I read it in worship and my senior pastor stopped and he said, this church likes pastors who pre- who pray extemporaneously, you know, like off the cuff. 
and um and I thought like what what does that matter but I you know I think there's been this like long time debate about what is faithful and what is authentic and I think we can like sometimes there are weeks here in my ministry here where I I find a prayer and I give people you know you always give people's um you know you cite if you use someone else's work but sometimes other people's words are what they need to hear and then there are some weeks where I'm you know it like I have the words I need for my people or whatever and I you know, I don't, I think we shouldn't judge authenticity, you know, in that moment, like it's, mm -hmm. we want to be authentic in the moment to our people. And so if it's a written prayer in a book, you know, what the Episcopals use the book of common prayer every day, mm -hmm. um, but it doesn't make it less meaningful. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree with you on that too. Definitely. So when, as we're kind of wrapping up this topic of prayers, is there anything else, any other thing you think that might be helpful for someone who's practicing prayer, something that can really, something that you can give them that will leave them so they can say, okay, you know, I'm going to try this. I'm going to think about this when I pray. That's really going to kind of help springboard me into having a more, um, a more deeper prayer life. So the, um, the best thing I've done over the last 10 years is I have a prayer partner. Um, so actually you and I watched, well, I walked your walk a couple, I don't know when that was 18 months ago, two years ago yeah. with you. And that was really cool. But I have a prayer partner I meet with weekly. Um, even now we used to meet in person when I was in Stanton and now we meet online on Mondays and, um, and we like actually pray together. Um, and it, when we prayed in person, like we would have lunch at Cracker Barrel and then sit out in the, the chairs, you know, and pray there. <laughs> and it feels weird um, to pray with someone but um, it is so helpful, one, to know someone is praying for you. You know, you can share what you need to prayer for, what your family needs prayer for, um, but also um, to hear someone else's conversation with God opens up our, like it opened up my ability to connect with God in different ways too. And think like, oh, I've never thought to pray for that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I did that once in seminary. We had a couple people we prayed with and it was so intimidating to me. Um, but I, once I kind of got used to it, it, it's been such a blessing in my spiritual life. So I rec highly recommend prayer partners. Yeah. And, and I guess my recommendation is never get discouraged because if you feel like you, yeah, and, I, and this is kind of my advice for all the disciplines we're going through. If you feel like you're, you messed up this day or you're not getting it, that's okay. Keep trying. Every day's a new day. Keep trying every every hour is a new time to yeah. try again. So, you know, just keep practicing. And I remember um, it was actually my theater professor mm -hmm. who said this as he was talking about to young students, as you're trying to act and trying to understand character development and everything. He says, you know, if you're going to play Frankenstein, look at everyone else who has acted or played that part, find what you like, find what you don't like. And then he said this, he says, imitate greatness until it becomes habit. So, you know, for me, it's like, okay, well, if I see someone's prayer life and that's something, well, then let me model that or I, or let me read, continue mm -hmm. to pray through the Lord's prayer and imitate greatness until it becomes habit. And I think that's the same thing. If you keep pushing yourself, if you keep yeah. making those steps, then eventually your prayer life is going to grow by leaps and bounds without you even realizing it on a conscious level. You're just going to watch it grow and explode. And that's kind of the advice I always give to people. Just keep practicing, keep doing it. And everything yep. will be, everything will be all right. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Don't give up. 
All right. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you have a great rest of your week and enjoying your, what do you call it again? Corona? Corona Tide, because we're right in the middle of Easter Tide. It's the new, the new ah. season, Corona Tide. Uh, corona Tide. All right. Well, hope you and your family yeah. and your church are enjoying Corona Tide. <laughs> All right, thank Sarah, you. thank you so much. Tell Laura, yeah, tell your family hello. I will. All right, guys. And thank you again so much for listening. I hope you have a great day and we'll be back on with a new episode. See ya.